in the midst of all of this chaos, this corona chaos, the weaponized federalism, the medically induced secession of all the states over the COVID-19, um, there's been some stories that have come out, especially one in particular is uh, Mr. Sniffer, Joe Biden, the presidential figurehead, uh, the nominee for the uh, Democrat Party. Yeah, he, uh, he's got a new sexual allegation from a staffer named Tara Reid. And what's interesting is she alleges that he put her up against the wall and forced himself upon her. And, and it, was, it was really disgusting. And, you know, of course, if we go by the Kavanaugh playbook, the Roy Moore Herman Caning, we have to believe all women. Right, Alyssa Milano? <laughs> but, um, yeah, we... Uh, kind of can see this one is a little bit more plausible when you start to look at all the pictures of him sticking his nose in women's hair from behind a lot of times. It's very creepy. Well, the New York Times decided we should probably cover this. And uh, let me read to you. I swear, this is an actual quote. No other allegation about sexual assault surfaced in the course of our reporting. Nor did any former Biden staff uh, corroborate Reed's allegation. We found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Biden beyond hugs, kisses, and touching that women previously said made them uncomfortable. That's a New York Times article. Yeah, we didn't find any sexual allegations. Just, you know, he was groping them, uh, kissing them, hugging them, you know, stuff that made them uncomfortable. But that's not sexual allegations. Uh, we couldn't find any sexual allegations except for the pure definition of sexual abuse. <laughs> that's your New York Times. So that's what you're looking at. The news media is going to basically carry water for him. I'm Adrian Slade. It's the Adrian Slade Show. The presidential motorcade was just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slade Show. All right, so for context, let's listen to a little bit of Tara Reid because, you know, we're supposed to believe survivors. We believe survivors. We believe survivors. Remember that? That's what they did to uh, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, Roy Moore. You know, they made him out to be like some crazed pedophile getting yearbooks signed at the Waffle House. Um, of course, Herman Cain. God, what they did to that guy. He's up there going, nine, nine, nine. And they're like sitting there throwing woman after woman after woman at, at him. It makes you wonder where Gloria Steinem is in all this. Is she going to pop up and take this lady's side? So let's listen to Tara Reid's assessment of what went down. So why don't you tell us what happened? I actually tried to tell the story um, to some extent in 1993 um, in the sense that I wanted to talk about it, but I was too afraid. My mother had encouraged me to file a police report, and I did not, and I should have. Um, so I filed a sexual harassment um, claim or just I filled out a paper and then did not hear back. Can you give us the circumstances, how you ended up, uh, what was the day, how you ended up alone with Joe Biden? Explain what happened that day. Um, I was approached by 
my supervisor, she handed me a gym bag and said, hurry, Joe wants you, wants this. Um, so get it to him. He's meet you down towards the Capitol. And I went down the stairs and I don't remember exactly where I was um, because there's connections between the Russell building and, and all of that and the corridors. But we were in a semi-private location. It wasn't a room. It wasn't the Russ, you know, the Russell office building. It was, I mean, in the Russ, his office, it was down in the quarters. And um, I handed him the gym bag. And then he, it was one, as I described, fluid moment. He was talking to me and he said some things that I don't recall. And I was up against the wall and he, I remember the coldness of the wall. And I remember his hands underneath my blouse and underneath my skirt and his fingers penetrating me as he was kissed, trying to kiss me and I was pulling away and he pulled back and he said, come on, man, I heard you liked me, but he was angry. It was like a tight voice and he tended to smile when he was angry and he isn't like the uncle Joe, like everybody talks about now. He was younger. He was my dad's age at that time and very strong and he looked, and I remember feeling like I had done something wrong when he said that statement. And then I was standing there when he said he was still near me. He said, pointed his finger and said, you're nothing to me. You're nothing. And he walked away. And I don't remember exactly where I went after. I think I went to the restroom to clean up, but I don't remember precisely the next memory I have is sitting on the cold stairs and the Russell building back stairs where the big windows are. And I remember just my whole body shaking. And I remember knowing that knowing that I had made him angry and that my career was probably over and I didn't comply. And I didn't comply when I was asked to serve drinks at a cocktail party for donors, because apparently Joe Biden said, according to a legislative staffer, that I had pretty legs and he thought I was pretty and I should serve the drinks. And my supervisor had encouraged me to do so, and I did not. Um, so sitting um, on those stairs, the reality hit me. The next thing I remember was that night. And talking to my mom, and she was like, you need to file a police report. It's a sexual assault. And I didn't think of it as sexual assault, and I didn't really understand. And I was trying to just get over the shock of it because I looked up to him. He was supposed to be a champion of women. And I was so thrilled to be at that office and so honored. And it, it shattered my life and changed the trajectory of my whole career in life. And I lost my job after I complained. And I was fired. And, and how exactly Tara did you complain, Tara? Uh, you filed a complaint of sexual harassment against Senator Biden at the time. Now, let's be clear. This First. is 1993, two years after he led the Senate Judiciary Committee um, uh, around the Anita Hill charges against Clarence Thomas. See, and that's what Joe Biden did. Yeah. Remember the Clarence Thomas thing? I remember vividly because I was old enough to uh, follow it, and I was also into politics at that time. And what they did to Clarence Thomas was ridiculous, talking about uh, 
pubic hairs on the Coke can and watching porn. I think it was like some long dong silver or some crap. And they did exactly what they did to Herman Cain, what they did to uh, Brett Kavanaugh, and what they did to Roy Moore. Same playbook all the way across. And now that playbook's being turned on Joe Biden. <laughs> and whether or not it's true or not, based on their standards, we're supposed to go ahead and accept it. But I kind of have a feeling, you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, innocent until proven guilty, but there's a lot of past history of behavior that makes me go, hmm, would it be out of the realm of possibility? Looking at all those photos with him sticking his nose in the, in, in the hair of women right by their ear, right by their necks. I mean, the guy's creepy. And now he can't even formulate sentences properly. He's just out to lunch. He's out to lunchbox, Joe. Back in a second. This is Adrian Slade. Through this entire coronavirus pandemic, we have just given up freedoms left and right. And you've heard me complain over and over about the the uh, trampling of freedom of assembly, freedom of religion. And a lot of people were like, well, you know, we still have freedom of religion. You can watch it on TV. Look at what they're doing now. Kentucky decided, hey, if you're going to have a drive-in church, we're just going to come up and record your license plate, and we're going to send you a citation. They did this in Michigan. There's video of state police going around in the middle of the church parking lot and putting citations on people's windows while they're worshiping. But they're letting the pedophiles out of jail. They're letting criminals out. Harvey Weinstein is trying to get out. Michael Avenatti is trying to get out. You got to wonder, what are the motivations? Look at what they did in Pennsylvania. This is a video of a police officer going onto a public transit bus and basically telling everybody, you need to get the heck off the bus because you're not wearing masks. Public uh, transportation. If you do not have a mask, you cannot ride public transportation, sir. Sir. You have to get off the bus, you have to get off the bus. Sir. Sir. You gotta get off the bus, man. I'm gonna have the cops take you off, one or the other. You have to get off, you have to get off, you have to get off. Let's go. I have to get off? Yes, sir. Even though I have it. You don't have no mask. Let's go. Let's go. You got to get off. Let's go. Let's go. You got to get off. Let's go. You know, I hate to think this of our police force, but whenever anyone says, oh, they're going to cause martial law or they're going to turn the military against the citizenry, I don't believe that they would turn the, the military into the, against the citizenry, and I don't think they would be able to be successful in that feat because most of the people that signed up for the military signed up because of love of country love of nation love of the freedoms we have the protection that they want to provide from foreign enemies that's why they go overseas and go through boot camp and do all of this but they could turn the police force against the citizenry they could turn the state police against us I mean, there's a lot of police officers who are great. I'm not a Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, hate the cops kind of person, but most of the police officers are 
wanting to protect and serve and they sign up because they want to help the people. But there is a section of them that are very jaded on dealing with the public at large because what they see on a day-to-day basis. They see citizens who are drugged out on meth. They see citizens who are robbing people. And what they did in many of the states with Antifa, governors like Terry McAuliffe here in Virginia, governors and, and, and mayors in Portland, Oregon and Seattle basically told them to stand down and they did. And they allowed civil disobedience. Remember, in Baltimore, oh, we got to give them space to destroy. And the police stood down against protecting their own citizenry. In Illinois, they don't even want to go out there and, and, and protect anyone because they might get shot. So we're going to assume that they're going to have the best intentions all the time? If anyone can administer martial law, if anyone wants to go around and shut down church drive-in theaters by recording license plates and handing out citations, it's not going to be the military. It's not going to be the National Guard. It's going to be the militarized police uh, organizations, state troopers, what have you. And they've got the equipment to do it. Now, what's interesting is in Michigan, it's getting heated. And we are looking at an Ohio-Kent State moment. Something's going to break. I hate to say it. I don't want to be a pessimist. I don't want to advocate for revolution and you know civil disobedience, but it's coming because you cannot lock everybody down at the level that you're doing. You can't lock down people from assembling in accordance to what those in the medical community say we should go by just to worship on Easter Sunday without at the same time having those people wonder why pedophiles are being let out of jail. <laughs> I mean, so what's going to happen when... It comes to a head. In Michigan, non-essential items such as American flags are not allowed to be purchased. That's going to go over great into the summer for July 4th. But there is a push. There's a petition going around. I think it's at change.org to recall the governor of Michigan. And listen to this lady who is driving a campaign for civil disobedience through what she calls Operation Gridlock. More like release Michigan or free Michigan or save Michigan. I'm Michonne Maddock and I am here to tell you that I'm a little bit frustrated. So normally I walk around wearing my MAGA hat everywhere I go, but unfortunately in Michigan right now, I can't go anywhere. In fact, as of yesterday, I can't even go and visit my mother, my 73-year-old mother. It'll probably be the first time that I haven't seen her on Easter Sunday. And even though she lives right behind me, according to my governor, I can't visit her. So today I took off my MAGA hat and I put on my Bill Shooty hat, which I just happened to find out in my shed. And you know, it's kind of timely because there's a lot of Republicans that didn't show up in 2018 to vote for Bill Shooty. And I'd give anything for Bill Shooty right now. As President Trump so finely and famously said on the stage in Michigan, where the hell is Bill? Right now, all of you people frustrated with the governor, I'm here to tell you that there is a way to express yourself. We are going to form a little bit of civil disobedience, drive to Lansing, 
with your vehicle. Right now, we have a cement truck company that is showing up with cement trucks and pickup trucks. Over 600 of them he owns. He's going to get as many of his laid-off employees as he can get. We have a boating industry that is bringing boats on trailers, 46 of them. We have landscapers pulling their landscape equipment. And we have everyday citizens, and they are going to show up in Lansing, circle the Capitol, cause gridlock, we have drones that are going to be there to videotape the whole thing. If you'll join us, please go Facebook Live on your phone, take pictures, and use hashtag Operation Gridlock. This is our way of showing the governor that we don't support you, and we want to open Michigan, free Michigan, from Gretchen Whitmer. Thanks so much. I hope to see you on Wednesday. Bye. Yeah, you're going to see a lot more of this coming, and hopefully it doesn't go into violent ends, but... I still think within the next coming weeks, Trump is going to look at the data that's all fudged up and, you know, Dr. Fauci's out there wanting Brad Pitt to play him in movies and he's going to be interviewed on Al Sharpton's show. So you know where his allegiance lies. Um, Trump's going to go, you know what? I'm done with this. Get back to work and hopefully we can start to get this economy again. If not, we're going to see a rise in civil disobedience and it might get to a head. It might come to a head. It might get ugly. I'm hoping not, but let's hope for the best. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. Tune in. Overcast. You can also Google Play. Um, you can also donate to the show, patreon.com, or you can go to anchor.fm. Give us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to. Check out the Roku channel in your streaming store, and we'll see you guys next time.